So about 40 mini flicks ago, uh, I reviewed the first season of Star Trek Picard. Probably was 40. It was. It was it was mini flicks number 33, and we're up to like close to 80. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, so I'm back to to review the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. What about the second one? You fucked me nah, on that one. I'm lost. That one, that one yeah. sucked ass. We're not going to talk yeah. about that one. Okay. Um, it was no, it was funny because the the the, the seasons went from like pretty good to pretty bad to mm. pretty great. So, oh, that's good. And the thing that's funny about the thing that's funny about this this season was when Patrick's when they like I don't know when they were talking to Patrick Stewart about coming back to play Jean-Luc Picard again, he was like, all right, but I, ju- I don't want to do like more TNG episodes. Like I wanted, I just want to do something different. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And they tried that for like two seasons. And then they're like, you know what everybody wants more TNG episodes. So basically what they did was got essentially the entire TNG cast together for the third season. Um, like everybody except for um, Wesley Crusher is in it because he was in an earlier season. Um, but Riker, like, they got Riker and Troy and Worf and Beverly and amazing Jordy Data. and Data and yeah, everybody, everybody's huh. in it. And integrated with like the new, you know, there's like a new regular cast. Um, so they're all like, you know, everybody's in it. And you know what? It was. It was really good. Like, turns out, like, you know, TNG was a really good show. And this season was made by people who, you know, the season was made by people who loved TNG and, like, kind of knew what they wanted. Um, And it was kind of expressly a season to correct the send-off that they got from Star Trek Nemesis Hmm. and give them an actual good final send-off at the end. How many episodes? Uh, Eight. Okay. I believe. Quick hour each yeah i mean it's 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 streaming so like it varies right like you'll get like a 40 minute episode and then like a 62 minute episode and then like you know it, it's have you been noticing this is not picard shit but the, like the most recent th- two or three episodes of ted lasso have been like over an hour it's really interesting with streaming they wow. they, they just kind of like Meh, well this is what the story we're going to tell this week i mean i like that because i hate it when they either like squeeze it all in or they pad it out and make a two-parter you can like feel all the padding that's mm-hmm. in an episode like I, I, padding I it out is the worst well like 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 going back to like you know shows that were just on broadcast tv when we were you know young or whatever just like watching them again like you can so see where it's just like this subplot serves no purpose yep. and is basically in here just to make this like fit out to like 44 minutes or whatever there's about two seasons of lost that they <laughs> Paddled out two whole seasons. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had their own stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Jack's tattoos. Forgot oh, about God. Jack's tattoos. Yeah, that was definitely the low point. <laughs> the Jack's tattoos episode. So I have to say, like you know, in in watching this, you know, there's been a lot of Star Trek on lately, um, and there's been a lot of Star Wars on lately too. But like, I think at the end of the day, at least right now, like, yeah, I'm probably a bigger Star Trek fan than Star Wars these days. Hmm. Um, like Star Trek. I mean, I think part of it is just like at its core, Star Trek is a hopeful show. Um, and like it kind of believes in the best of people. And like, you know, that's these days, that's a nice thing. That's a nice sentiment to surround yourself with. Yeah. Star Trek also like always has had more of like a 
maybe not completely through the whole thing. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but like it always has like a team working together vibe as well, because it's like yeah. the crew of the starship is always or, you know, I guess in Deep Space Nine's case, like the, you know, the the space station. But like it's yeah, like like I think that is very appealing as well, especially for a show. I mean, it's like Star Trek. That, that's the other thing. Star Trek at its heart was like a bunch of shows, even though obviously there are a lot of movies, whereas like Star Wars has always been movies. And the shows came right. out of that. And I think that's a little bit of a like that's been a little bit of like how they've worked going forward. Like Star Wars is very much the story of like a couple people, more or less, always. Yeah, I um, think that's right. Yeah, de- you've definitely told me this before, but is Next Generation your favorite, Paul? What 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 series is your favorite? Next Generation is the is the series I have the most fondness for. Sure. It started um, when we were like eight, maybe, right? Yeah, something like that. I think it started in like eighty four or eighty six, something somewhere somewhere yeah. in there. And it's and it's the show that like gave Star Trek like a whole new life, right? Like it's yeah. like start, yeah, like I mean the original series like was on for three seasons and the third season was total shit. Huh. Um, I did not know it was that short. Right. And then, you know, and then like the first few movies were like very well received overall, mm. but then it was really sliding down humpback whales went downhill from there yeah it, it i mean it did actually well, i mean star trek six is pretty good but yeah but i mean five is a piece of shit five is a piece of shit yeah um but yes i think so it's 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 definitely the series i have the most fondness for and like if i'm gonna go back and watch like it's like oh i'm kind of sleepy but not ready to go to you know but like I'm ready to half pay attention to something. It's like, yeah, I'll pull up an old episode of TNG before anything else. Hmm. I mean, Deep Space Nine was probably the best series, like in terms of like overall quality, like it had the most complex stories and it was like more grown up in that way. Like it had, you know, moral ambiguities and stuff like that. And it was very like spiritual in a way that like Star Trek usually isn't. Um, But I don't find myself going back to it very much. Hmm. It's like, you know, I'll throw, you know, give me a, give me a, like a holodeck episode with Moriarty and data and I'll watch that for a while, you know, that kind of a thing. So I think, I think like, so if people liked TNG, like I would recommend they just, you know, skip right to the third season. Yes. It builds on the previous two seasons and you'll be like, there'll be a few things that are, you're a little bit lost on, but like, it's good. And like, it really it's, it does the thing that a lot of TV shows do nowadays where it's like you're introduced to the mysterious bad guy and then, you know, at a certain point, the mysterious bad guy turns out not to be, you know, the, the, the mysterious bad guy reports to someone. Mm. And then you and then like pretty late in the season, you find out who the real bad guy is. Um, and they kind of and they do that here. And it's like, well, OK, like that's, you know, not not the best, but um <laughs> But, you know, other than stuff like that, it's like they kept it pretty tight. They kept it like it didn't get lost in the plot. They kept it. They kept things moving like they did a really good job. The other thing they did a good job with this season that a lot of shows don't do a good job with is they give you answers to questions. Hmm. But then, you know, they give you more questions, but you feel satisfied. Right. As opposed to a lot of shows now who withhold kind of everything. And then you get a huge dump like at the end of like, oh, here's everything that's going on. It's like, right okay, I guess, you know, kind of a thing. Um, this did a better job of like doling that out over the course of the season, like unraveling kind of all the mysteries, which I thought was good. 
Um, but there's two things about it that specifically that I wanted to ask you guys about. One was it had intentionally misleading trailers. Um, in other words, a lot of the things that they showed in the trailer ended up were either completely out of context or were fake outs where it looked like, like, you know, they showed someone and you're like, oh my God, like they're going to be in this. I can't believe it. And then they were in it for like two minutes and gone. And it wasn't actually a thing. And there was a decent amount of anger on the internet about that. Like, you know, how could you show me this character? And then it turns out like they're literally on screen for like a minute and a half and then they're gone. Um, and, and it was like played up in the trailer. Like they were like a big bad from the season. Personally, I really liked that. Cause I, cause like in my head, I was like, all right, like we know so-and-so's coming. Um, and it's like, oh, there they are. Okay. Oh, wait, is not what I thought. Like I, and mm. I love being surprised in that way. And I'm curious what you guys think about those intentionally misleading previews. It probably depends on how much I like the character that I got juked out on. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you show me like, oh, fuck, like Jar Jar Binks is going to be in this. I'll be like, <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing for a couple reasons. Um, yeah, I, I agree though. Uh, Willie, like, I mean, it's kind of par for the course to have misleading trailers nowadays for a lot of like movies, for instance, because like they don't want to like give you too much of an idea of what's going on. And so I'm used to it. Like I, at first when you were saying that, like I was like, really? Like people were like mad about it. Like this is just like par for the course. But I do like think back to like, what if, I mean, I know we, you know, we did an episode on Spider-Man No Way Home and we talked about, you know, how we, we talked about a lot of things, but like, Obviously, like you didn't know going in about like the Spider-Men who were going to be in the movie, but like you did know from the trailers that the villains, the various villains were going to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. And like it would have been really annoying if like the bridge scene like that you see or hear Willem Dafoe in was like all we got of Willem Dafoe in that entire movie or the Green Goblin. I would have been like, really? Like. They, this is this was just the trailer and like that's really all we get like right. I would have I would have been pissed off so like I get it like exactly what Willie was saying like whoever the you know whoever you're talking about if it was a thing where it was like oh like that is like a beloved like character in some way shape or form and like people are like I thought this was going to be at least more of an arc than like literally being on screen for like two minutes and then like gone in one well, scene that's a good point and I think the difference here was the trailer's going into it, me and I don't know other people too, felt like the trailer spoiled too much rather than being, you know, a tease. And like, right. if it's a tease and then it never pays off, yeah, that feels cheap. But if it feels like you got spoiled on something and it turns out you really didn't, like, I feel like that comes across better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think I think that makes sense. I mean, that is one of the reasons that I think spider-man no way home was so great not to make this whole spider-man no way home discussion um and hopefully people listening to this have seen spider-man no way home we already did an episode about it but like it you know it's like they spoiled quote unquote in the teaser like all that the, the various teasers and trailers that like all these previous villains were going to be there from the other spider-man movies and we still thought that was going to be really cool to see that. And like the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland had generally been pretty good. And so on its own, it was like, oh, it'll be good. But then like the delight at the fact that Andrew Garfield and to Tobey Maguire were not only in this, which like people suspected they were, but like mm -hmm. in it for like a 
lot of the movie, like 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 the entire third act of the movie, like way more than I think anybody expected them to be was was like a great surprise. So it was like kind of both things where it was kind of like, oh, like the thing you thought maybe had been spoiled in the in the trailer. It turned out there was like a whole different surprise that right. that, that you got instead. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys about is uh, is is where you kind of where you kind of draw your lines between like fan service and pandering and kind of all that stuff because you know this this was a show that by design right hit a lot of nostalgic notes for people like it it, it is very much like oh you like TNG like here's some things you like like oh you're you're a fan of Star Trek and like they threw there's like a few cameos and stuff like that and and i was and i was thinking about it and you know i you know i ate all that stuff up and it like it totally worked for me and it's like did it work for me just because i loved the original stuff so much that it was fine combined with you know it had been like this was nostalgia for a show that was on you know 30 years ago compared to something that was like nostalgic very recently um i don't know but i'm curious like one like I feel like as I get older, that kind of whatever you want to call it, fan servers, pandering, whatever, works more and more on me than it used to. And maybe that's a side effect of getting older. But uh, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about that. It's always worked on me, man. I mean, I, I don't know if you remember one of the earlier instances of this was um, they did like a fucking Kickstarter or GoFundMe to, to make a Veronica Mars movie, which I most definitely I, contributed to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's um. If I really like the original stuff, fuck yeah, it works every time. I'm a sucker for it, even if it's kind of executed shitty. I'm like, it's okay. The, although we did like, there's there's a point right when it's too much, and uh, Jesus, we all hated Luke Skywalker coming back as an old grumpy man, right? Yeah, although like you said, like it's like that maybe was like the opposite of fan service. Like wow. where, 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 because it was like he came back, but he came back not at all in the way that fans wanted him to. And I'm not saying that the, that that they did a good job with that or a bad job, but I'm just saying like it wasn't what fans wanted to see, and like that oh. was a big, big. You know the issue. fan service though was at the end of season one of Mandalorian. That was fucking badass. Maybe it was season two. Two season two. Season yeah. two. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I so, mean, season two was there was a lot of fan service in season two of Mandalorian, but it's interesting because like I think like. For you and me, Willie, who had not seen the shows that a lot of those characters came from, they did a really good job in that season of like threading between fan service for people who absolutely knew like Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan and like, you know, you know, like, uh, I mean, probably those two mainly. Right. But like and like people like us who like I knew who those people were in a very mm. vague way, but like didn't know anything about them. And it still worked really well. Like they introduced the characters really well. You got a sense of who they were really well. And meanwhile, the people who like it was fan service for were like losing their shit, like in a good way mm -hmm. about it. So like that was a really good example of like threading the needle of fan service of like doing fan service and then still like making it still work within the overall narrative for people who like like the show or movie or whatever it is, but don't know all the backgrounds like that you're doing fan service for. Yeah. That's a good question for you, Paul, because like the, the, and that's a good parallel, right? Is that, or maybe not. Um, there's a couple characters in the Mandalorian that people went nuts for, but how did they pull off having like 
an entire cast of people. I mean, basically every scene can be a fan service scene when you only have eight episodes right. and you have a whole cast of people. So they did a, they did two things I think that worked really well. One was they didn't actually pull the whole cast together um, until relatively late in the season. And it was like they kind of moved pieces in and out um, throughout the season. So, you know, it, it didn't like it felt a little bit you know different in that way. And there was like, you know, a little bit of a buildup that you knew was coming. The other thing they, that they did, which I think was more significant, and this goes to Nish, your comparison with like bringing in Luke Skywalker in the 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 sequel trilogy, like what they did here was they they had the characters be like very different, but they did a really good job, both expl- like showing you why they were different, and showing you how like they were still like the same they were still the same people but but they had but they had had life experiences that had changed them um and they did it in a way that like you know you you bought in the end right like like they still came together like you know whatever it's not a spoiler like they came together as like you know the crew of the old enterprise at the end right like even though like they you know there were some different conflicts and stuff like that came up but ultimately like at the end of the day like picard is a show that's about characters more than about plot so they sure. were able to spend those spend that time with the characters and it was like yeah like you caught me up to speed like i'm along for the ride like i get how they're different and it totally makes sense and i but i can still see how they're the same um and i feel like it's possible that like when you have the amount of time in a show like this to do that like that works better than trying to cram it as you know how, depending on how you look at it, right? The B plot into a two and a half hour movie, um, and would it just it just needed the time to breathe and to let you, the audience, like come along for the ride rather than just kind of being like, well, I think like you know, and I think that's one of the advantages that you have doing it as a TV show as compared to a movie is you have time to do to go through that process. Totally, yeah, hundred percent. Was there anyone? Um... I wanted to ask, like, so besides Patrick Stewart, obviously, like for the rest of the Enterprise cast who came back this season, was there anyone in particular who you thought like really like who you would single out as like like you really loved like their performance or like the arc that they that they kind of like the way the character was written for this season? Yeah. So the the, the big standout for me is, you know, Jonathan Frakes, who plays Riker, like, you know. I'm not the biggest Riker fan from back in the day or whatever. Like sure. I thought he was fine, but I was not a big fan. And he has more or less retired from acting, right? He he became a TV director. That's what he's been doing. Um, but he, you know, he came back for this. And he's he's the TAG cast member who's in it the most, except for Patrick Stewart, right? And he fucking crushes it. Like he is a guy who like he went from when you know when we last saw him, he was like a brand new captain of his own ship in one of the movies, right? Right. To now he is a you know he's basically retired and he had you know and he, he had all this shit happen to him, and he fucking like you know he sells like the 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 weight of it all, but like there's still that old like Riker glint in his eye and stuff like that, and he probably gets the, you know because he has the most screen time, he probably has the most complex stuff going on and he fucking like yeah he he he's doing a really good job in this season and crushing it left to right 
Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I feel like I'm not like, I don't know exactly what you're going to say. But when you said Frakes, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like he he's someone who like I, I agree. Like it's like, you know, like, like probably like a lot of people did when they were first watching TNG. It's like I found Riker a little prissy and like a little like, you know, kind of annoying at times, yeah. um, which is kind of how I think he's somewhat intended to be at times as well. Um but like, I really like the way, like, I don't know if I've seen him uh, probably maybe like for publicity photos and stuff like that for this. And then like, you know, whatever, like 10 years ago when he was still kind of acting or you'd see him in some things. Um, I just like the way he looks as like an older man a lot more like with like, you know, just just Riker with like a lot of gray and all that just looks a lot better. Like I, I see that like character a, a lot yeah. better. I mean, he's he's really grown into a guy who just looks like you would meet him and he would just give you the biggest hug in the world as soon as you yes. met him. Yeah, totally. The one guy I would say about, that was a little disappointing for me actually was LeVar Burton. Mm. Um, partially because he kind of came, like he was the last cast member to kind of be introduced. Um, he came in kind of late and they had to like rush his backstory a little bit. Um, and it just fell into an episode where like, he kind of had to act a certain way to move the plot along. And that was like one of the very few times that they did that. Like, you know, they pulled it out at the end and, and like, you know, and, and it was fine. Um, but like his introduction was a little rocky and which is, you know, a little bit disappointing because he was one of the people from the original show that like I really loved and thought he sure. was awesome. Yeah. Um, and they, they fumbled him just, just a little bit. Yeah. He was, he was probably my favorite, like back when I was watching it, like at like live at the time when I was like, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever it was. Um, he like he was probably my favorite at the time. Some of that was also because like I knew him because of reading Rainbow in a way that I didn't know any of the other people going right. in. And and like, I think I have more of an appreciation for some of the other characters now. Like, I feel like like I, I just never, for whatever reason, really got into Worf like early on. And, you know, now it's like, how, how could you not like Worf? But like, yeah, but at the time, like Jordy was probably my favorite. So, yeah, oh that's, that's too bad that he was like the last one in. We should all wish to be as spry as Michael Dorn at like 72 or whatever he's at. Like, he's, yeah, he's super like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she, it's amazing. Um, no, and he's and he's he's someone who. I would say like he's someone who really understands his character now, like in like really at a deep level and has turned that made that character both really interesting, really, really funny, um, and you know, really like sweet actually and touching and, and yeah, he was really good. There I mean, you know, by and large, like they're you know, they're all really good and you can really tell they're having a great time, you know, being you know, being together again and, and, and working together again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad that it like I'm glad that this like sounds like it was like a really good send off kind of for these characters. Um, I always thought that it's like, you know, the send off they got at the end of Next Generation was like was good. I like like, you know, the the, mm -hmm. uh, the poker game. Yeah, exactly. Like like like, uh, yeah, I mean, that that whole, you know, and that what is it? The all good things like, you know, the yep. double part or whatever it was two parts or three parts. I can never remember. Um, oh, I don't remember. It, yeah, but then yeah, ending in the poker game and all that, um, and then you know, and then they had, was it was it just Nemesis that came after that, or did Insurrection come after that too? No, actually, uh, so they they filmed that. Who's a how much of a Star Trek nerd I am? They filmed the last season concurrently with the first movie, mm. 
And then the other three movies came after. Oh, wow. I didn't realize yeah. that it was, yeah, that there was that much time. So, yeah. And like, I guess what? The first two are good, I think, right? Of the movies. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, like the Borg one is the best one. First Contact, right. far and away the best one. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like you said, like, no, it like, it like, it kind of felt like it's like, well, like, if they, if you can go back and sort of fix what, what you did at the end here for them, that would be yes. good. So I'm glad it sounds like they did it. Yeah. They definitely did. And, and they didn't have to send Tom Hardy to rehab from his traumatic experience this That's time. Right. So good on him. 